0: Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. As you know, this first season has been all about classroom management strategies, about how to gain and keep your students' attention and minimize problems so you can focus on what really matters, teaching and making a difference. Last week we talked about whole brain teaching and how it might be just what your class needs, and I wanted to add in particular that whole brain teaching has really been helping a lot of teachers who feel like they've tried everything else and nothing is working. So if that's been your experience, if you've been trying all these strategies and you're just thinking, "Man, my class is just really tough," maybe you teach in the inner city or you know a challenging school, a poverty school, um, then this really might be something that you really should check out. So if you missed that episode, it's episode 11, An Introduction to Whole Brain Teaching. Um, and you can find all the notes and additional information at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast 11. This week, though, is the last session of our first season, and today I thought we'd finish by getting super specific. We've been talking a lot about procedures and how important they are, and today I wanted to give you 10 specific procedures that can help your classroom run more smoothly. Now remember way back in episode four, I believe it was, yes, episode four, we talked about how to teach procedures to your students. So if for any reason you missed that episode, you'll definitely want to check that out because uh, it doesn't do much good to have good procedures if you don't know how to teach them to your students. Uh, the key is to actually practice them, correct mistakes, and redo anything they did incorrectly. So definitely check back on episode four to review how to teach procedures but today as i said we are actually going to give you some examples so here's an example of 10 classroom procedures that may just make things run a little more smoothly all right number one this is what i did in my classroom tell kids they cannot use the restroom okay i know this sounds crazy just hear me out for just a second when kids asked to use the restroom during instructional time when i first started teaching I let everyone go. Everyone. I just figured, um, And actually, I'd been kind of taught in college, and I figured, like, you just don't mess with that. If a kid needs to use the restroom, you don't question it. You just say yes. You just let them go. But what quickly happened was I ended up with a parade of students using the restroom to the point that my administrator had to say something. It was that obviously uh, out of control. Um, So if you're not having a problem with this, your system's probably working. But I realized I needed to change something. So what I started doing was if if a kid asked to use the restroom during instructional time, so when I was trying to teach, I would typically say something like, no, not right now. Um, and I would sometimes leave it at that. Sometimes I would follow up by saying, um, no, not right now. You can go uh, in a few minutes when I'm finished. Or not right now. You can ask to leave a minute early before the bell rings. Something like that. Um, so I'd give them kind of a time that they could go, uh, but I would say, no, not right now. Here's what happened when I did that. Nine times out of ten, uh, the student, that was kind of the end of it. Uh, they had just asked to go and you know, they just didn't really ask again. It was not an issue. If, however, they really needed to go, if it was a true emergency, uh, they would either reply right away with, but I really need to go, or one to two minutes later, they would raise their hand again and say, Mrs. Cardamus, I really need to go, in which case I would of course say, go ahead. So that's one thing you might want to experiment with uh, depending on the age of your students is either simply telling them um, just starting out with no um, and if they really need to assume they'll ask again or have some type of set time when you do allow them to use the restroom and then if it, if you just had a restroom break don't expect them to be able to go right afterwards. Of course the age of your students will certainly factor into that but number one Consider telling your kids they can't use the restroom at certain times of your class. Number two, use short phrases like prepare for a quiz that represent a combined set of directions. Okay, here's what I mean by that. Um, I used to teach my students that when I say the words prepare for a quiz, there was a lot of things they were supposed to do. Number one, they were supposed to clear their desks of everything except a sheet of paper and a pencil. They were also supposed to have a pen out and ready to grade. Now, in the beginning of the year, this took a lot of practice for them to understand. But ideally, you know, a few months into the year, I should just be able to say, prepare for a quiz. And they should do all of this automatically. They should be putting everything away. They should be getting out a pencil, a pen, and a sheet of paper. And that saves you the time and the annoyance of having to repeat all of that over and over again. So think about that. Are there some things in your classroom that you can, um, that always happen together that you could teach them just a short phrase that that they learn means to do all these things. The next procedure you might want to try is using call and response sayings to get your students' attention. We talked all about this last week in episode 11, but basically you teach your students that when you call out something, they are to respond. Um, We talked last week about you say class and they say yes. Another example would be you would say all set and your students respond with you bet. Um, as we said last week, this is so much better than just asking them to be quiet because when they actually respond, you bet, it stops their conversation and refocuses them on you. Um, I, once again, um, if you'd go to teachfortheheart.com podcast 12, uh, you can get a free call and response sayings poster as well as I also have the link to more information about call and response sayings. All right, the fourth procedure you might want to try is teach your students to use question marks when grading in class. Okay, I highly, highly recommend this procedure if you ever have your students grade something in class. I don't know if you've experienced this, but um, this happens to so many teachers where you're trying to just grade something simple in class and you've got about 10 questions about it what if they have it spelled wrong? What if they forgot the negative sign? What if they have, you know, green and it's actually supposed to be aqua? You know, I mean, there's a million questions. So what I would do is teach them instead of asking questions, just actually don't even take questions. Say I'm not taking any grading questions. Put a question mark next to anyone you're not sure is correct. So, you know, if, they're, if they're like, they're, if they don't know if number five is right, put a question mark right next to number five and put a question mark at the top of the page and I will look at it later. And that will save you so much time in class and also the frustration of trying to think of this all on your feet. So number four, number four rather, teach your students to use question marks when grading in class. Number five, go over any tests at the end of the period. All right. If you try to go over a test, I'm talking about when you hand back a test and you're going over it um, and showing the students their grade and maybe going over some of the answers. If you go over it at the beginning of class, you have no idea how long that's going to take. Um, and sometimes you also open yourselves to students decide they want to argue about some of the questions and it can it can end up taking, you know, you might have planned this to take 10 minutes and it ends up taking half the class period or even the majority of the class period. Instead, what you want to do, if you want this to take 10 minutes, stop class 10 minutes early to go over it. That forces you to stay within those 10 minutes. And if anyone has serious questions or they really do want to discuss an answer they think is correct, um, they can stay after class if needed. Um, So that really works so much better to go over the test at the end of the period instead of at the beginning. The sixth procedure you might want to try is to have students pass papers backwards or sideways, not to the front. I mentioned this already, I forget which episode we talked about this, but um, when students pass their papers, I'm talking about when they're passing them in, if they pass them to the front, they have to um, get the attention of the person in front of them who cannot see the papers coming. So they either have to whisper, they have to poke the person with the stack, they have to shove it around them into their face. Um, It automatically creates a little bit of confusion. However, if students are passing their papers behind them, or to the side, it's much more easy for students to see the papers coming. um, And so it causes less disruptions. Number seven is to have a designated in bin. Okay, this is simple enough concept, but not everyone does it. Um, So just simply have a spot that your students can turn in papers. When I have students pass in the papers, I don't, bother to be the one to go and collect them and find a, po- a spot for this pe- these papers. I'm already on to teaching the next thing. I teach my students that the last person that gets all the papers is to stand up, get a paper clip, and put them in my in-bin. And so that's just one less thing for me to worry about in the middle of teaching. Procedure number eight is to have students pass back papers for you. Now, I'm not talking about tests or anything that's confidential, all right? But if your classroom's anything like mine, there are plenty of papers that need to be passed out that students can certainly help with. So what I do is I create an out bin for each of my classes. And then I have one student in each class who I teach that in the beginning of the class period, they're supposed to go to that, their folder, pick up anything that's in it, and pass it out. And this normally happens during my bell work time at the beginning of class. So they can just go and pass out these papers to each other, um, to the students. If they need to, they grab another student to help. Students um, in most of my classes in middle school and elementary, they love to help. In high school, they still normally don't mind as long as you just ask them, you know, would you mind helping me with this? And um, it, it worked really well. I would normally have the same student do it for a month or two and then switch it out to someone else. Number nine is to have an absence secretary. Now, what this is, is you designate a student that writes down what you do in class every day and what the homework is. I actually had a, a, a form that I would use that they would write, simply write it on. And if you'd like an example, um, you can grab an example copy at teachfortheheart.com podcast 12. I would keep this form in a folder in the side of my room. So that way students or parents could easily just grab this this sheet of paper, look at it and see what they missed. I could also um, use it to make photocopies and just send it home with students who had been absent. So that was really helpful. The 10th procedure is to purchase and give out golf pencils. Okay, I heard this idea um, last summer in our Create Your Dream Classroom summer book club, and uh, its I think it's definitely worth a try. I don't know about you, but I've always had that impossible pencil situation where, um, especially if you teach math or elementary and students need pencils, I've tried everything uh, to try to get students to keep pencils. I've tried giving punishments when they don't have a pencil, then I tried, okay, I'll just give you pencils when you need them, but then they would always disappear, and we would run out, and I, I just, it was almost like impossible. I tried everything I could think of. So if you're like me, and you have not found a solution yet, try golf pencils. Those are those little tiny pencils that have no eraser, and are just like the, those little ones that you use to keep score at golf, and the great thing about this is a whole box of these is very inexpensive, And um, so if you run through them really quickly, it's no big deal. But students don't really love using them because, one, they don't have an eraser, and, two, they're just really small and not as comfortable. So you're encouraging students to bring pencil, their own pencil, but yet you do have something for them if you need it, and you're not stressed if they forget to turn it back in. If you're wondering where you can get them, I have a link on my website um, that shows you an example and uh, shows you one straight from Amazon.com. So those are our 10 procedures. I'm going to add one more bonus procedure because if I'm remembering correctly, we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about start of class procedures in this um, season yet. And that is such an important piece of classroom management. I want you to think right now, how do you start your class? If you start your class by taking attendance or just jumping into lecture, chances are it's a little bit chaotic. I strongly recommend starting class with some type of bell work or a start of class activity. So what I did with my students um, is I would always have an activity written on the board. And there's so many things you could do. It could be a writing prompt. It could be a worksheet. It could be a, for us, it was normally a review exercise. And it could be something from their book. There's so many options. But I would have a spot on the board where I would write what they're supposed to do at the start of class. Here's the genius of that you can teach them that when they come into class, they are to get started on that right away. And what that does is it allows you time to take attendance, to talk to any students you need to talk to, or to do any other administrative tasks while students are doing something productive and thus are not getting in trouble. as opposed to if you're trying to just take attendance and do other stuff and students are kind of just sitting there watching you, you're asking to have a lot of problems. So um, I definitely recommend um, thinking about that. And actually, I will link to a whole article where I go into that in more detail. Um, so check that out. Once again, I'll link to that article in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast12. As we wrap up this first season, let me invite you one more time to check out the mini course. If you haven't done so yet, you can get my classroom management mini course absolutely free at teachfortheheart.com/minicourse. This also includes an invitation and a special offer for Classroom Management 101. Classroom Management 101 is my complete organized system in an online course. It makes sure you understand all the elements of classroom management and walks you step-by-step through the process of developing and implementing a strong classroom management plan. So if you feel like you've learned a lot but you're missing a few of these elements or you're just not sure how to put it all together, you'll definitely want to check out the mini course and then check out Classroom Management 101. Once again, the notes for this episode and all the links are at teachfortheheart.com podcast12. I really hope you've enjoyed this season. If you have, could you help us out and leave a review either on iTunes or Stitcher? Once again, that helps other teachers find the show and helps spread the word. Until next time, stay tuned for announcements regarding the next season and some possible bonus episodes. I'd also love to hear from you regarding what you'd like to discuss next. You can leave a comment at teachfortheheart.com podcast. Looking forward to our next season. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.